0: Hi there, welcome to the More Simple Podcast. This is a podcast for Blacks, Asians, and those who love them. I am Mo, and I am your host, ready to spark your curiosity as I take you on this adventurous ride of exploring cultures through the stories of my guests from all over the world. On this show, we get really personal discussing salient issues that are relevant to our contemporary age and also building community around them. As our guests exercise courage and vulnerability in sharing their life's experiences, we hope that in turn you are inspired by them and that you get the courage in it to set your own stories free. Enjoy the ride and thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, um, welcome back to the show. I am mostly the host and producer of the More Podcast. And today I have one of my very good high school friends. And we're going to talk a little bit about just the nostalgia of the present and her life story from growing up in Nigeria to where she's currently right now as a hospitalist in the U.S. And so um, we met in high school. She is a medical doctor by profession, but um She's also a wife, a sister, and I'm sure she has many other hats. So today we're talking about, you know, just it's really a conversation with um two friends who have I can I think I can count how many times I've seen her in the last decade, maybe like maybe zero times, you know. But we social media has really helped to like keep in touch and I'm glad we we're fine together to like talk about stuff. So everyone, without further ado, please join me in welcoming Dr. Raleigh where into the podcast. I don't know you. Can you just tell us a little bit about you and then also talk about how you grew up like growing up in Nigeria, what that was like?
1: Okay. This question sounds like a fully loaded question. And I hope hopefully I don't go on a rant. Uh, okay. Um so I come from a family of um, six uh scrap that <laughs> you know how nigerian families are you have this extended family and all that so i have a couple of brothers and sisters on uh you know both ends um i think in total i would say i have three brothers and four sisters um um i kind of have lived a conservative life if you would say or that's how i would, I would like to put it um quiet but can be noisy and exuberant when you actually get to know me um so lived in lagos for most of my life um went to secondary school in well different secondary schools if you're <laughs> regina mundi girls. i'm I... gonna
0: talk about you people first we're gonna talk about that part soon
1: <laughs> yeah i started with regina mundi which was in iwo and from there, I went to Federal Government Girls College in the North, New Busa. Actually, I literally stayed oh, there wow. just one term, and uh, then I came to um, FGC year, where we met, obviously, and. Um, so pretty much, my parents always said, "Well, you guys we're going to bundle you up to, uh, to boarding house. You're not going to be in Lagos at all." So literally, we they threw us all out like different places. Nobody was in Lagos. So, <laughs> so that was it for um, secondary school. After that, I went to University of Ghana. Um, I think medical school was about eight years in total, if you And then came back to Nigeria. I did my um, internship in Lagos, um, which is about one year thereabouts. After that, um, one year to, well, that year was hustle year. Literally, I was going from Ibericodo, if you know where that is. And well, I I stayed in Lekki. So I I used to go through all the Ibericodo to Lekki every day because my NYSC spot was literally almost an hour away and I had to go there every day. So after that I um, then went to um Wales, Cardiff. Um I did my I did a master's in public health in Cardiff, Wales, um, which was about one year or two. So I think all that finished about 2014 if you ask me. And I came back to Nigeria and was working from 2014 to 2017, thereabouts. Um, I started working in somewhere called First Cardiology Consultants uh, in Ikoyi, and I always said that was my America in uh, Nigeria experience in in, in Nigeria. Um, for some reason, since I was in school, medical school, I, I went there for, you know, when you, when you get bored during the holidays and you just want to do something after you British finish playing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so
1: I I always was like, I'm going to work here, I'm going to work here. Because it just felt like medicine, that was medicine proper. You know, it's like, <sighs> not to downgrade Nigeria or anything, but it really took me a great deal to leave Nigeria. And that's why I kept on of dilly-dallying around okay went to uk came back stayed in nigeria for a while because i really didn't want to leave nigeria i loved my life in nigeria but i just felt like my life as a doctor in nigeria i was never gonna get to the peak of what i wanted and if i had the opportunity then i was gonna take the opportunity i felt you know how you you just my i was working in first cardiology and we would get patients from the Unilag. What's the school in Unilag called? How can a tertiary institution be referring patients to a private institution? That's how bad it was. And you can't do that technically. So they just tell you, ah, if you get money, you just go to um, First Cardiology. They go treat you for there. Because... Technically, it should be the other way around. Should other way around. It should really
0: end, yeah, like a yeah. hospital,
1: yeah. Right, that's how bad it was. There would some patients nearly dying, you know, and what were they? Just because, not because there were not good doctors there, but the system was just like a failure, you know. You wouldn't, you would order tests, you wouldn't get it on time, there were no basic EKG someone comes in with chest pain the first thing you should do as a standard of care within a certain limit of um limit of time um, the first thing you should yeah. do is EKG to diagnose. ah you wouldn't get all that it, they would take so how do you treat people so i'm like oh my god my medicine is just going to rot i felt like i was just going to be a dummy doctor they would just be calling me doctor 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 and i won't feel like i know what i'm doing or i won't end it in any way um I don't know how this sounds across to anybody, but that's how I felt personally. So (laughs) my dearly darling, it took me the grace of God to just, you know, push myself out. So in my between twenty fourteen and twenty seventeen, I was, you know, writing the exam for the USMLE to go to the US. And well, those were the most trying times of my life because I literally had to work and, you know, write those exams at the same time. Usually people would, you know, take time off some one or two years, go write the exams. But for me, I had no option and I didn't want to. I'm the kind of person that doesn't want to depend on anybody. I kind of liked my freedom. I didn't want to have to go stay in the U.S., stay in some somebody's house, writing the exam from there, then I have to say that you give me money for this one. Dad, you give me... Like, <laughs> I didn't want to ask anyone for money. I wanted to, whatever money I have, I use it to manage myself. Because those exams are really very um, expensive. And even the, the process to, through the exams and, you know, so, it's just... A lot of um, stress, so I didn't want to go through that, and I wanted to be writing it from the comfort of my house. So that was something else. Yeah. So basically, that's how I learned. Okay. So, so 2017, after writing all the exams, interviews, and all those kind of things, I then started my um, residency in Cleveland at some um, Vincent Charity Medical Center. Um, that was for about three years. I literally finished um, June of last year, 2020, and got a job as a hospitalist. And that's what I'm doing right now.
0: Oh, wow. What a life. So (laughs) as you were recounting your story about, you know, what you wanted out of life, especially practicing medicine, I mean, even though you love Nigeria, you could see the gaps in the system. And so you coming to the U.S. was a way to kind of fulfill those dreams of wanting to practice in a very ideal setting. And I know you put a disclaimer there. I like didn't. You didn't want to, like, you know, put Nigeria down. But I'll let you know that a lot of healthcare professionals they they feel exactly the way you feel, and it's why they, you know, leave the country. Because when you think about the brain drain, there's what they call the push and pull factor. Something from your country pushes you away, and in the developing countries, something from there pulls it towards the developing countries. And America, UK, Australia, Canada, those are top countries in the world where a lot of Nigerian talents have been, you know. Push towards, and I wish that you know the, the government, the federal, the federal Ministry of Health, can do something to make the lives and uh, I guess apart from paying doctors better in those government hospitals, also making the system a bit more efficient. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's so. Even time when my husband he's talking about this a lot, he's the he saw the handwriting on the wall way before a lot of his classmates started moving, you know, out of the country recently. And as it were, if all the con- doctors came back to Nigeria to start practicing back, we still don't have enough to, to cater for the population. So imagine True. just how much we are really missing. So, True. but I'm just, I, I I'd like for us to speak to those who are maybe still the feel stuck. I don't know how, because to a lesser degree, I felt the same way. I knew I had to leave the country. I knew there had to be more to my life than just you know, counting nothing against counting pills. But I didn't want to do that anymore. I, I got tired of it. I felt a part of my soul just ebbing away, and every night sometimes I'll just have panic attacks going to bed because I knew I had to be there, had to be more to my life. And it wasn't until I pushed myself to write a GRE and you know apply for these schools, I probably would just feel stuck. Super simple, still feel stuck. What kind of suggestion would you like to give those people who try those that feel like they need to be out of the country? Now, I'm not advocating everybody should leave the country, some people actually do enjoy what they're doing and they're able to. Actualize their dreams. This is not you're not you're not the target audience for this particular um, aspect of this conversation. Now, if you are listening to this and you know you what you are talking about rings a bell to you. Um really what kind of tips would you like to give them to at least you know fulfill those aspects of their dreams?
1: Um this kind of individual like You know, like I said, it took me, it was difficult for me. Not. It was not difficult for me to make that decision, really, because I knew that eventually I would make that decision. But I kept on delaying and hoping that, you know, something would change my mind or my perspective or something like that. Um, I remember when I was going to the UK then and my dad was like, should be you know you want to go to the u.s why don't you just go there straight and you know right i'm like "Mm, let me go to uk first i kept on hoping and then you know also too there are so many factors that keep you from doing those things that you wanted to do so i don't know how old was i Mm, 2014 i think i finished medical school around 24 25 there about that time i must have been somewhere maybe 26, 27. I know everybody wants to get married or something like that. I remember telling myself just before I went for the master's, I was like, ah, I don't want to get married now. I just want to have somebody that, you know, I can say we are working together towards a path or something like that. You know, people have different fears for why they want to do something or why they don't want to do something. And so, but I stayed and I'm like, Okay, it's not happening. Really, you got to take charge of your life. You're getting older. Something has to be working for you. You cannot just say, I'm getting older, no money, no child, no marriage. Oh, yeah, one must work. You know, these things that our society counts as, uh, you know, success. Made, yeah. I said, one must work. Oh, yeah, get on. So that's how I got on and, you know, started writing the exams and all that. And then I came back, this um, is 2015, as I said there about i met my husband i think 2015 thereabouts, and i immediately i met him and we started thinking oh before even getting into the relationship i'm like ah you know there came a point in my life where i was willing for anybody to say take me take me let us build yeah, yeah. our life together but at that point at that point is kind of over right now and i've met I um, invested a lot, you know, the time I used to write those exams, the cost of the exams, the effort and the energy that, in short, my my parents would just be looking at me, we will be in the same house for days and we'd we'll not literally see each other because I'm buried in okay. books or something. So, when I met him, I was like, This is how my life is spanning already. Do you think this is something that we can work together, you know, towards a future for both of us? It's not going to be easy or anything, but, you know, maybe we can, you know, if we have a goal to be together, then hopefully this can work for the both of us. And so that's what happened. And in short, my parents were my surely my my mom is more relaxed and all that she could see she's like okay if you guys really want it, this will happen but my dad was like are you sure this is what you people want is this one love or what ah it's like ah, the other easier way but you people you say you must do this one so he kept on you know hammering and I won't say making things a little difficult, but just making sure that we knew the implications of what we were going into. To yeah, so, I mean. but and yeah, we were sure that was what we wanted. We knew it wasn't going to be easy. And um my husband is very supportive, and so and that's how we kind of you know did everything. Like I said, we, okay, so I don't, I'm not sure I said that. So we got married in 2017, but we lived apart till 2020. So, you see, uh, those are some of the challenges that we had to, um, you know, go through and overcome and all that. And it wasn't easy, but I mean, every day now, we're, you know, still trying to, because it was literally you got married and bam. I and left. You didn't, you didn't, those um, are the early formative years of marriage and all that, you see. So, I think these are some of the, those, that's one factor that maybe, you know, somebody's like, okay, do I need support? Am I going to have any, um, support if I travel and all that then the financial aspect also comes so um, I would say that um, I'm a to be privileged to have support from my parents and also I had my own job that I was doing because in you know, as much as I had that support I knew that I could always fall back on them but I tried to forge my own so not everyone has access to all that but at the end of it it has to be a burning desire for what you really want you know People have had less than nothing and I made it. You just got to push, 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 and push. One way, okay, do I have to borrow money or something? Or do I? I, I don't know. I think I just feel I, I can't. I, I don't think that I have uh, one answer for everybody, for everybody like that. But I just know that when there's a will, there's a way. You're going to find yeah. a way to, you know, go around this things. And sometimes some people have the will, but see, keep pushing and it never happens. Sometimes I also believe that when things don't happen the way that you've tried your best, you're, they don't happen the way that you want them to happen. It's something I call providence. Um, that's that's not God's plan for me. If it was God's plan for me, he's going to find a way to, I don't want to sound churchy and all that, but I, oh, do, yeah, believe in, <laughs> yeah, I, I do believe in um, providence and God working in alignment for things to be fulfilled in your life, you know. I remember one time, um, when I was still in school, I liked going for all this travel, excursion, this and that. My father would be like, Oh, god, this girl, come and start use, making money so that you use your money for all these your trips that you want to be doing, or you know. So, I think we're supposed to do one of all these excursions in um, maybe Brazil or something like that, but medical school elective, right? That we would do. So I push, 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 push. Oh, Daddy said, "Hmm, I don't have money. Mommy said, Okay, okay, let's go and try. We'll do. I went, embassy not give me visa. So so mama, my, my mother's like, really, I believe that when you keep pushing for this thing, it is not working, God has another plan for you. Maybe it's trying to protect you from something you don't, don't know Maybe it's just not in alignment with what you are meant to oh, be at God. this time. Yeah. So I also believe in putting my own hard work and hoping for God's and everything to fall in alignment and if it doesn't fall I pull back but I have to try first you know to give myself the benefit of doubt yeah
0: I mean thank you for that I I do appreciate your point on that I think just to summarize this aspect to be: if you have that burning desire don't let it die there's something about there's something that dies in you when you let your dream die like mm-hmm. almost like your, your 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 mind or your brain will not trust you anymore. You know, mm-hmm. so don't let it die. Uh, and I know of so us, some people, it's like, you know, there's no time. I'm getting older. See, think about whether you do it or not. Time will still always go. Your age will still mm-hmm. always go. Um, we've had specialists leave the country and then come here and start from the beginning. beginning. Like you're talking about, consultants, you know, consultants in specialized fields. You know, it feels that maybe there are like maybe 20 of them in the whole of the country. They come here, start from the beginning, and they take pay cuts. They, you know, they start they start from the bottom of the ladder. And you know, all the insults, all the whatever isms at play at work, they have to stomach through that. But guess what? If it's five years of that training, by the time they are done, they become hot you know, cakes. They start making the money they want. They start living their dreams. So don't let time and age be like something that holds you back or how can you start from the beginning again? you have to start from somewhere so if, it, if you see what it means even if it's you know there will be some sacrifices you have to make even like as Riley was talking about even my husband he had to go to residency we apart for a while you know it affected our relationship but we're back now and we're trying to you know we're still working on that communication piece because I just got used to being independent back again because it wasn't that hard for me I really like my space you know I was like I was single again without all of the you know funny funny stuff happening on the side but but then having to like live together, and I think I talked about a little bit of that on the show, we had to like start building that. But um, seeing that he was living his dream and he was happy, it was something he wanted, it was okay for me to sacrifice that. And so mm-hmm. make sure you have conversations with your significant others if you're married, or with someone that can support you, and let them know. But I'm glad to say it was worth it. So I hope this encourages you. So mm-hmm. um, Raleigh, why did you go to Ghana to study um, medicine? I mean, I have a beef in Ghana, which I'm going to talk about. I love Ghana. I've been there, people are super nice. They're so so nice. Sometimes I'm like, why are you always nice? You know, why are you always smiling and nice? But why Ghana? Why didn't you stay in Nigeria to go study?
1: Oh, as at the point, I remember I didn't even have a choice, so to speak, because my father did not even bother looking inwards. So he told me categorically, if I have money. You you will go to maybe one of all these U.S. and all those other countries. If there's no money, maybe Ghana or something. Because for him, Nigeria wasn't it at that point. Imagine how medical school is in Nigeria. Maybe Unilag is even okay, you know. Um uh, <laughs> UIC maybe. But sometimes you spend, like, extended amounts of times in there. And you're not coming out. It's strike one thing or the other. I mean, that thing hasn't even changed since time memoria. So for him, it's like it was non-negotiable. Like, if I can provide it for you, I will do it for you. And to be honest, it wasn't even easy at the point. It was a lot of sacrifice on his part. you know. You know how things just fluctuate, yo, 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 yo. Sometimes you have plenty, but at that time when I went to Ghana, he didn't have anything at all. Like, we are literally just, you know, managing. But he believed that, okay if this is what I can provide for my daughter, as long as she's uh, she's going to use it to her benefits, I think it's worthwhile for her. So if, if it was not available, maybe I would have stayed back and I probably would have still had a good story, you know. So that was why I went to Ghana. It wasn't like I really had to say that, oh, I'm dreaming of yeah. Ghana and that's why I went to Ghana. And I'm actually grateful that I went there because for me, I feel like I've been, I've lived in so many different settings that you don't know what just that exposure, you know, does to you. A couple of days back, I like I told you now that I was, you know, just getting a job recently in somewhere new that I didn't even know. So the person was like, are you going to come down to come see the place? I'm like, no, I'm going to make the decision right now. Just let me know if you're going to take me or not. Give me Tell Me, the time you're gonna take me, it's like, so what if you come and you don't like the place? And me, don't like the place. I'm from, I'm from Nigeria, Nigeria. I, I lived in Ghana, I went to to okay. uh, for masters in the UK, I'm in the US, I'm staying in Dayton. That they're like, okay, hey, they'll kill you there. And I've loved this so far, my dear. I can survive anywhere, <laughs> so, Yay, immigration. <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 the reason I really didn't have any. Obviously, Ghana. This uh, education there was it was good, and it's still good. And it was time bound. It was that sh- if you went there, you would you, you a would particular. Stay, I will live at a particular time. So <sighs> really, yeah, so that was it, really. I wish you can say the same
0: of Nigeria. I mean, you know, like, isn't bad, but on average, most schools, most universities in Nigeria, they still have those issues of strikes and you know extended amount of time, even during residency. You know, I mm-hmm. have a friend, we have friends that, you know, they went to the, resi- they did their residency in Nigeria and you're looking at six, seven years for just, you know, family medicine. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't really make sense. Even to get into primaries and all of that. So yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot that needs to be improved on. So your friends, I, how, don't, when, know how. I don't know how so, to do it. I don't know how I to do it. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. It, it's so heartbreaking. And they just sometimes even pride themselves in holding you back, like uh, being thorough you are know, people's lives you know um I, exactly. about,
1: sorry go ahead go ahead <laughs> yeah i said exactly uh, there's this thing you know um hi, like you know taiwo came to ghana for that yeah, um, for his, yeah. so elective. my
0: husband my husband went to ghana for an election. and i think they met at callable right yes,
1: yes. so uh, yeah he also had his friend then tega 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 was his friend that was there with him oh am i missing it
0: up? tell me is it no, Jimmy?
1: sorry, I'm mixing it up. Sorry, Tega was from UI, not yeah. um, not with Temi and uh, okay. Moji. No, no, yeah. no. But anyway, so she was from UI. She came one day. I was just walking on the street and we saw um, it was the vice dean of medical school was like ah oh, Rolly how are you doing just walking, simple-minded on the streets are you okay everything good with you I'm like oh yes yes uh, doctor oh, can't even remember his name <laughs> uh, but,
0: but Maester, like, sorry,
1: but everything, everything good with you and I am like yes yes so he was she was like huh? is that your vice then that just called you by your name greeting you as if both of you are um, colleagues or you know that kind of thing I'm like, yes, China, so that's Nigeria. how it is here, you know? So I don't know, there's this fear culture that they like to create in Nigeria. Is sure that. When, when we were leaving residency, not residency, when we are leaving medical school and we we're coming back to Lagos to come and do an internship and all that, they're like, ah, if you go to UIO, you cannot stay on the same lane with residents. You cannot stay on the same lane with senior reg. You cannot stay on the... I mean, what is all this? I we mean, not colleagues, at the end of the day, you will be doing all this... In, I mean, there's always hierarchy in medicine. I understand that.
0: Yeah,
1: but it's not Yeah, but it's not... Ah, you have to see that. So there was this nice um, learning environment that was all there. They didn't pride themselves in failing us. They were not that, ah, you know what? Only one person has ever gotten uh, 70 (laughs) over 100 in this course since the beginning. Now, what is that? Shouldn't that... For you as a teacher, does that show that you know how to are going to have to
0: assess your teaching skills and find yeah, out where yeah. your students are feeling yeah.
1: yeah. So, okay. I don't know. The, the kind of priorities that we have are kind of misplaced in a way. I don't know whether it was passed down from generation to generation and it's just something. But for me, it's all this fear and everything. It's just... It, it doesn't even yeah. work for your brain to, you know, just it expand doesn't. and be fine and dip, you know. Yes. So, and I don't think uh, it allows
0: for free flow of, of knowledge. And imagine you yes. setting where can that be more important than in medical practice where it's apprentice based, like, you know, you see yeah. your seniors doing stuff, you want to ask yes. questions, you want to even like challenge in a very nice way, but you can't yes. even do that. And so mm-hmm. you get into, I don't know, I don't know how, what I think about it now, I think having studied here in the US. Like, it took me a while to kind of get used to calling my professors by their first name. I'm like, I can't. You know, even like having conversations in class and arguing your points. It was like, I don't want to. And they look at you like, no, you can, you can disagree. You can disagree mm-hmm. and, you know, air your opinions. But try that that in Nigeria. So you, you spent about six years in Ghana or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. What's your relationship like with the country? Like, so, um, I... And I'm conscious that I love that, even though I haven't, I'm yet to visit them. Anytime I hear anything about or maybe on the news or something, my ears kind of crack up. But given that you've lived in Ghana for quite a while, what's your relationship with Ghana, and how important is it to you?
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> Funny enough, I was just speaking with one of my friends from residency to who's Ghanaian. and the thing with me is that where I work or I have to do something serious, work or school it kind of scares me at that point a period where I am there. So to speak that every other place is like holiday spots to me. Um, so when I was in Ghana, I did love it there because it was it was diverse. Well, how much diverse? But I mean, there was a lot of Nigerian presence there. So I wouldn't really say that I missed home, so to speak. So I was getting my Nigerian people around me and also getting the added benefits of interacting and mi- mixing with a uh, different culture. Me, my ears are very deaf when it comes to languages. So unfortunately, I can't even speak my own language. So, <laughs> I, <didn't>, I, <laughs> so I did not bother learning another language. Obviously, I can converse in those little, little, small, small, whatever. But I, I, just as a country, you know, differently, I mean, things were so much more different there that my mother would say, Ah, Rolly, I know this Ghana that you have gone to. Um... Learn how to be nice like the people, but don't forget your Nigerian sharpness. You know that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So I think I'm a good mix of the two. Um I'm not as sharp as the Nigerian person, uh, but I'm not either dull like as dull as the Ghanians because sometimes the Ghanians, I would I don't mean dull in a bad way because I mean dull in a more laid back. I know what you mean.
0: They yeah, take life. Yeah. So let's fair, like you know. Yeah. They're like the yeah. Brazilians of Africa. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) So it's more middle line for me and all that. So until I left Ghana, I associated Ghana with stress that when I'm going back to Ghana, I'm like, oh, my tears are in my eyes and no. all. But the very first visit I had, barely three weeks after I graduated school, oh, my God, I was so happy to be there. It was like, oh, my country, like, I cannot hear Ghana people now, or even, ah, I my people, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, when I hear anything about Ghana, Ghana is like second home to me. My friends are Ghanaians, you know. I just feel that, you know, Certain pride and, you know, belonging that comes to having, I'm not Ghanaian, but I feel like I live there long enough to actually uh, take on their pride and glory and all. But when I'm in Ghana, I'm proudly Nigerian in Ghana. Remember when they beat us so much that we went from I'm the shame. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But then we, and, I go, and I go, and I go, and I go, but, you know, when I go out of Ghana, I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm mixed though. I'm Ghanaian, Nigeria. Nigerian, but, yeah, that's how that's how things are with me.
0: All right, now this very next question, really, it's very, very important. Like, mm. this is like, think about all the questions I've asked you so far, and the one I'll probably ask you after this. Well, it depends on how you answer this question, really. This is very, <laughs> very, very important. So, okay. Nigerian Joloff or Ghanaian Joloff, which one? And choose your answers carefully.
1: I'm sorry. This is where I don't like that. You know, no, listen. uh, uh, No, don't worry. I shall not disappoint. I don't like that. Okay, I shall not disappoint. Uh, You know the funny thing during my interview, it going going into residency. I was part of the discussion I was having with my program director. I was like, because he was trying to pit me against Ghana. It's like, ah, your friend is from Ghana. I know her. Uh, For you Nigerians, I was like, oh, no, no, no. See, see, don't don't even pit me. I'm for the both of them. But we have that rivalry. It's called brotherly rivalry. We love each other. But uh, when it comes to who be be who, I know where I stand. So (laughs) Nigerian Jollof or Ghanaian Jollof, Nigerian Jollof, Smoky Hot Jollof, any day, any time. Any day, any time. I always even tell my Ghana friends, I say, don't worry. I uh, see, I am the mix of both words. I know <laughs> what I've tasted the both of them. Not to say that it's Nigerian banana um, jollof is not nice. Uh, it's it's a a place nice for it is nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, smoky hot yeah. jollof, anything. Anyway. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'll that.
0: give them the Kenke and the Kalewale and then also the peanut soup. They can have that. When it comes to jollof fries, right, they need to take several seats. We'll serve them but yeah. with plantains yeah. and goat meat there. Yeah, All right, yeah, yeah. 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 Um so you've you've you you've you've been around you've had the privilege to experience you've had a, you've quite had quite an adventure really you know traveled to places lived in different places you've been exposed to different you know cultural orientations. How would you say all of these experiences have, have influenced your outlook to life and people in general? do you think it's made you be more of a, want to be more of a people person or exploring other cultures or it's just more of you know i'm gonna just take a seat and explore forever.
1: Oh no! Um, like I remember, I told you, my father said, "If you want to be traveling around the world, you come and make start making your money, <laughs> and do it with your own money." So I've always loved. Well, I'm lazy about traveling, only because I just want to close my eyes and be there. But I will travel anyway because I, I just love to experience different, you know, people. And the truth is that you wouldn't know all the things out there until you really go out there. And I can't even say I've traveled that much, to be honest with you. Uh, but, you know, just the little places that you go to, you just learn different cultures. Like, now I'm here, I'm on vacation. I was talking to somebody from one of the islands there. She's like, oh, where? Um, my husband asked her, where are you from? And she's like, no, no, no. She he said, "Let me guess, Jamaica." She's like, "Why does everybody say Jamaica? Because that's only that's one of the Caribbean islands that you so everybody knows, right?" She's like, "No, oh, she's from Barbados, on yeah. She's from Barbados or something, or one of those little more islands." So, at that point in time, we stayed there talking about Nigerian tribes, how big. She's like, "Oh, you learn every day." I'm like, "Yes, that's what happens when you meet and interact with people. You, you, you just." have a different aspect or even outlook to life it's enriching without you you wouldn't even know you just find out that you're able to converse in different circles and different things on different range of topics so yeah i wouldn't trade my experience for anything and in short i can't wait for this uh coronavirus to go as they put it so that's uh, exactly rather be gone yeah
0: because yeah. travel just yeah. exposes you so many stuff like you mm-hmm. guys meet more people and then you realize that we have so much more in common than you know Japan. that, that yeah. separates us yeah and and uh, there's always that you know um I, I try to avoid the tourist traps and go away you know off the beaten path just to like yeah. see something new and yeah. i can't wait to have my passport
1: you know please this up again but thank mm-hmm. thanks for that answer. it's funny that like most nigerians you know they tend to go to oh, i'm going to london every time they are traveling they are going to london <laughs> Oh, I'm like, okay, experience something new. Or even when you go to London, don't even stay in that London. Go to the smaller part, Portland, Mm -hmm. Wales, Mm -hmm. different Mm -hmm. And you learn a lot of things apart from the culture. You learn tolerance, you learn acceptance. You just learn how to live with people and respect all their views. I mean, you have your own, you're going to pick everything and form an opinion of your own self, but then it just makes you not narrow-minded and it's kind of just explores and opens up your world. Very true, very, very true. So you, you, you are a medical
0: practitioner, you practice medicine, the world right now with COVID and all that kind of stuff, Um, and I'm not even going to go into all of the abundant topics to talk about when it's covid related but have you been coping i guess mentally as a doctor given how busy you guys can be how are you holding it down at home and also socially
1: ah okay <laughs> now that's a loaded question i remember when covid started it was more like okay I some of us even took it a little lightly even among in the medical um group ah! flu you've been having flu since um it's, people died more from the flu and all that but as it became as we started seeing more patients the reality of it started dawning. it was not like the flu at all the flu comes obviously we've had a um, different experience with the flu so obviously uh, uh ways of approaching or even treating it was better, but still, still a lot of, you know, mortalities from the flu. So I remember I was in residency when um, coronavirus started towards the tail end of my residency, and I had to work in the corona units, like COVID units, as we put it. And before I was going to work, I was like, oh my God, I hope I don't catch, you know, the virus. It was just the fear of everything, because it was was now... um, was what's the word things are new and all that right mm-hmm. uh, so after that let me put it so down the line i've now you know gotten used to it um better um i'm better used to treating managing patients with you know coronavirus but then the fear of it still remains right uh it's just something very terrible I was just talking to someone downstairs. Now, just she's like, "Tell me about this coronavirus. What do you think about it?" I'm like, hmm. "When you come face to face with people who 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 whose um, parents are dying, children uh, not children, parents maybe um, brothers, sisters, grandparents, they are not able to even see these people as they are dying because of all the restrictions and all that. Um, you know that this shit is real. You know, I." Remember our conversation that we were asking, comparing the Ebola virus yeah. with, um, the, COVID
0: uh,
1: virus. with yeah. the COVID. And it was more like, oh, that was visual. You could see blood and all that, you know. It was people dying to yeah. people. But now all people know is that, oh, she shot her breath, She went to the hospital. The next thing they say, she has that. You don't really see the process. We see the process every day. And I don't wish it on anybody to, you know, go through all that, um you know, trouble and all, if you can avoid it, you know. And apart from that, there are this, uh you know, the long haulers, as we put it, those people, even after they've had COVID three or six months ago, they are still weak. They are not able to do that. They're not back to baseline, you know. So with all these people getting strokes, clots in the lungs and all that, um I don't know. I, I would just say that, take it serious, even if you cannot see it. I know there's this, you know, um, risk of COVID fatigue and all because of. uh it's been, it been it's been a long while. You know, when is when are we gonna get back to normal life? But my dear, oh. home, hopefully we're almost at the end of the tunnel. So it's it will be rather foolish or foolhardy of us to kind of stop right now. Yeah,
0: but how we been coping though at home and then I guess socially?
1: Oh. Okay, social as for social life, I, I don't even bother. I, I just cut it down. There's no point. It's not worth the risk. Um, obviously. I mean, what social life did I even have in the first place? But I did like to go out, eat out at least baseline. Once in a while, I'll go partying or visiting friends and all. But all that I kind of kept at bay right now. I'm only starting to move about a little bit in terms of travel, but I tend to do it as safely as I can if I would rather um, drive than, you know, take a plane and yeah obviously when, when I'm in closed spaces I'm with my mask and all that and just try just you know trying to keep the six feet apart and be as safe as possible. So that's kind of the impact on social life. In terms of life at home, I mean I it's just the stress of work the fact that I have to work more often pick more shifts come back exhausted Um, but I'm glad uh, when I do have a supportive husband I wouldn't have asked for anything less Um, I don't feel it at all always ah should I do this for you before this and you know that so that kind of takes the edge off it and makes it a little easier for me
0: okay well I wish you the best as you guys navigate all of that yeah it's it's been, it's been quite an adjustment over here as well, because mm-hmm. you see the problem on their bodies when you guys come back. And it seems like, like, okay, one thing that I found out last year was you don't even have them, te- they don't have you guys test regularly. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't test physicians anymore. And it's like, why are you guys not doing that? You know, they will, they will, they will test patients that come with not test physicians. And of course the mental exhaustion. So I hope you are taking care of yourself. And to all the you know, frontline workers listening to this. I hope you're finding ways to take care of yourself because when all this is over, there's going to be a way you have to pay back either mentally or physically or your body. So please, if it's just oh, going yeah. to the spa, taking the day yeah. off and just yeah turning everything off or, you know, please take care of yourself. Yeah. I thank it's you for all of, of your work.
1: Yeah. Like you said, um uh, now this is a time that I actually like took for myself. I know it's yeah. kind of Crazy just thinking back at it, but after a while, you just kind of get used to it, and because you really don't have any options, so you yeah. just so drain on. I need to do this, I need to, and there's that strength yeah. that just comes from the fact that I need to do this. So, I initially, like I said, the first time I was scared, but. I got used to it, and then in short, I don't feel scared anymore. I'm there, staying mm-hmm. with my patients, trying to give yeah. them as much encouragement, talking to the families because I'm the only contact that they kind of have with, you know, their people. So I really have to be there for the patient who is on the bed and the patients who are at home too, so to speak. Yeah. You know, because they are patients too, as as far as I'm concerned.
0: Anyways, well, thanks. Thanks for that. Um, Reminder and also answering that. So, um, I think let's go back. Just to, let's round off by just talking about high school, right? So I remember that you guys, original Moody girls. Oh my gosh, I don't know if you've seen um Twilight, like the movie. Mm-hmm. You guys came to school always feeling cool. I remember when all of you just oh. entered Oyo. Yes, let oh. me just let me just say here, all of you entered Oyo like and you had your little group. I think there were like eight or ten of you. You all sit down together, which kind of made sense because you all went to school. But oh,
1: there was I this,
0: there was this perception. Reggie girls. Remember, I'm very, pre- I'm very close friends with Fumi now.
1: Oh, um, okay, there, was it was this, there was this, was
0: perception of you know, we are. Uh, look at us, you know, we were and and I used to think to myself, if your school was that fancy, why did you leave it in the first place? But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, Oya, Oya was. I know we've talked off camera and for you, you don't mm-hmm. have a lot of memories of oil and you know. but how would you say high school as a whole shaped you? Because for me, it helped me give birth that sense of independence to also, and I think that was also my first introduction to cultural exploration because schooling in the boarding house where you had girls from all over the country, I mean, coming together. And then it wasn't like Yoruba people, Igbo people. It was just like, you, you like this person, yeah, let's, you know, let's hang out. Let's be friends. Let's you know talk about stuff. Let's talk about movies and songs that we watched over the holiday. But what would you say? Oyo has helped you like
1: develop in you. You know how they always say, like you said, yeah, it did help me develop my sense of independence. Like literally, I I can do, I can be, I can be by myself. I can because I've learned to be with people. I've learned to be without people. Like you say, you met meet. Lot of people, you know, from different cultural groups, different social strata. And that's what I loved about the Unity schools. You're not going to one school that is, it's also botish. So, like, so to speak, no shade on people who went to, you know, the yes. schools or whatever. But uh, my parents were always like, you will go to a Unity school or somewhere where you're going to meet people from all. um, Straight Over, out of life, yeah, and yeah. that way you you don't come off with one sense of um, I don't know I, I don't want to call it entitlement or anything, but at least you're going to learn the different aspects of life, you know, and how to interact with um, everybody, and you know, just accept people's cultural views, people's you know, from their economic stance and all that. So I think that's what Oyo did for me, mostly, put. I don't totally forget my experience in oil, like you said, but there's just some little, little things. I think because number one, I didn't start from the scratch, you know, so I wouldn't say that it was well ingrained in me, like you all who started from, you know, from the beginning, GS1 and all that. You already formed your friendships and all. So obviously, I also met people who I formed um, friendships with. Um but it wasn't from you know from G S one and all those kind of thing and that those experiences that you guys had as juniors, like oh my god, I suffered I didn't have any of those um uh, experiences. I came as a senior. So maybe I came at the enjoyment time and maybe apart from SS one where you're the um base of the <laughs> <laughs> of the big, the big temple. temple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So apart from SS1, I just felt it a little bit, but it wasn't anything that I couldn't deal with. Like I said, so this is what boarding school does for you. It just, you know, makes you, you're just able to, um, Relate and um, what's the word? Adapt to Adapt, every, said, Yeah, every situation that you find yourself. Yeah. And yeah. no, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. Yeah, Same yeah. Good, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. yeah and I also like it that you could find your people. You know, mm-hmm. you could find your people, different walks of life. I could, you know, I could have bound and abate spread on who I wanted to go with. And it mm. it taught me a lot. It really opened my eyes to, you know, even start wanting to travel more. Because you had a lot of mm-hmm. girls that would, that lived in the North and those that lived in, you know, in, in the East and mm. those that used to go to London uh, or other countries for like holidays. And so it wow. in fact, I want to go one day. And then we didn't really have the internet, right? And so yeah. when they would come back, I remember Titanic. Shea Atiku watched Titanic. I don't know how she did it. But she came to school and we all sat down in the dorm and she relayed everything from beginning to the end. Then, um just as in movies and all that were passed orally, mouth to mouth. Like you would sit down and hear like the whole movie. And you yes. have to be very imaginative. But time was mm-hmm. one, and I think this kind of helps like segue into the next you know, thing I would like to ask you about. Would be. So you helped me open my email address. <laughs> my very first email address. And this was the Alabaster one, my Yahoo one. And I remember I had told you, you know, passing like, Rory, I think you had said you were going to the UK for, for your vacation then. Like, Rory, I'd like to open an email address. Can you help, um, help me open one, please? And they're like, okay, yeah, sure. What name do you want to use? And then I was, you know, I had a true obsession with Sister Winers. And she just released that album, Alabaster Box. So I was yeah. like, you know what, like to do Alabaster Box or Yahoo, whatever. So you went to the UK and you tried opening one. But of course, someone had taken that username. You sent me an email. And guys, for those listening, there was a time when you couldn't get emails on your phones because phones were not equipped to receive emails. You had to go all the way to a cyber cafe, spend a hundred naira, they'll give you a little um, ticket, and you a type voucher. in a voucher, and then you log in. And so a week goes by. I just wanted to check my email and you know go on Yahoo Messenger to like chat with my foreign friends and just do whatever, sending e greeting cards. I saw your email like tiny. Uh, I'm not able to open this. How about try Alabasta 00 something? I said, like, you know what, let's do Alabasta 007. Cause then, I mean, I still like James Bond's book. I was like, 007, license to kill So I emailed you back. And then you emailed and I checked again a week later. Oh, Talony, I <laughs> <that user. laughs> And then finally we sat down, you know, with the one we have. And so all of exactly, that is just communication. Exactly. was straight a lot. And, do you ever imagine that the world would be what it is now, you know, connected by technology? And even though there's so much peace to, like, converse, it's still, I feel mm-hmm. like relationship to a degree has been strained because there's just so much abundance of, you know, connection. It's not WhatsApp, mm-hmm. it's Skype, it's Facebook, mm-hmm. it's Instagram, it's Twitter, you know, it's like, oh, and then now there's Clubhouse, which I don't want to be in it anymore. So, so, so I'm just curious to know, would you ever think it would come one day where, you know, everyone just seems so accessible, but they're still still so far away compared to the you know times of then?
1: Yeah. It's funny, like sometimes when we relieve all these times in the past, I think I was talking with someone to not so long. Ago. Do you remember there was a time when you had to connect to the internet and it'd be like Darling Jeez, like Yeah, funny enough, and we all found ways to connect. I mean, that's even us speaking. Imagine our parents who had to do telegrams and even had to and answer phones in somebody's in a neighbor's house. You go, go, go pick a phone call in the neighbor's house. Ah, this person is calling from abroad. Oh, they will call at eight o'clock this time. Well, okay, I'm going to the neighbor's house. We don't have phone in our house, so we'll go. <laughs> so, this is how. There's so much change has happened, and it should be—it's a good thing, and it should be a good thing. But in the midst of so much change, too, we've also had so much distractions. Just as you put it, you're there with your spouse. It's so all you to be doing—good, good, good time. You're there. Ah, what's on Instagram? What's on Facebook? You know that kind of thing. Sometimes I'm be like, I uh-uh, put this your phone down. I'll be like, ah. Uh-uh. This one is my me time now. Let me we'll come. We'll talk. We'll come to you. That, you know that kind of thing. But um, I think it's good and bad, and we just have to be. It's it's not bad in itself. It's mm-hmm. good. It's forward. Things can we can communicate faster. I I I think we're all better for it. We just have to be mindful and remember what is important and not lose communication with those that matter in the midst of all the distractions. That's so true. That's so true. And I, I like what you said. Is
0: I don't think it's ever bad or it's ever good. It's how you build it, right? Mm-hmm. Even like COVID, I think COVID also saw like an expansion of like connectivity. Like people that didn't know about Zoom, because i w I've always been on Zoom, because you know, I used to do that for work and for my podcast. But mm-hmm. like even your your mom, your parents can get on Zoom, you can get your family members on Zoom. I mean, people had to find inventive ways to communicate in lieu of you know physical um, you know, mm-hmm. meetings and all that. So yes, we we've thought about that, but sometimes it can become antisocial, like you said, like if you if you don't use it for what's supposed to be for. And mm-hmm. I hope that, you know, as time goes on, we, we keep maintaining that connection. Because it's always the person I want to build online and then, you know, offline is like, you know, I just wanna be away from you. But, you know, God help us. So finally, looking how time has gone um by from the time we you were young girls, are there things you would you would say you would do differently about your life. That's one question. And the second one is that what new adventures are you looking forward to exploring in the future?
1: Okay. Other are there things I would do differently? Not so sure i i I never tend to regret whatever it is that I do. I make my decisions and I live with them and I learn from them um so but would I go back and change it or maybe not those those experiences actually formed my life and formed who who I am and the person maybe I'll do it I don't even know how to answer that question, but no, 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 I never regret anything. I cannot say that there's anything differently I would do, but yeah, am I gonna learn? And maybe there's a way I can do it better in the future. Yes, but no. So okay. I've just, in true, as I grew or what, as I become or as I became um, older, more like yeah. it. The one thing that I I have learned so far is to remain true to myself. Um, I don't want to be like anybody else. I admire people. I take the good from them, I minimize the bad, and try to form who. Who Rolly is, you know. I've learned to speak up more. Um, I think when I was younger, I was more, you know, quiet and maybe a little timid. I would say I don't even know. Some people, when I say I, I, I think I went for an interview once and I was like, you know, I can be very quiet. And the person was like, hmm? you quiet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: people, <laughs> with Camilo, people with chameleon
1: personality. Yeah, yeah, he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't understand. I was like, yes, I can actually be very withdrawn and all that. So I've actually grown to, um, you know, try to express myself more. And I'm still learning every day. I'm not perfect at it. But I've realized that, you know, just be true to you, to yourself. Express yourself more. Be willing to... You know, be open to criticism, constructive criticism, grow from it um I was telling somebody like the way I was just expressing myself I, told her, I said, "I'm sure you call me a mad black woman, but anyway, I'm proudly so <laughs> so that's that's now my new mantra, like I just want to be able to say what I wanna say, not in a bad way, but I wanna oh, just say something for cool. you, yeah i don't want to be pretentious i don't want to live anybody's life i don't want to be envious of anybody i am not competing with anyone i'm competing with previous versions of myself i just want to be better in my own self in the way that i feel like i should grow and how you know every, i don't know just <laughs> forget what i mean yeah although
0: no, i agree with you it's, it's just you like you you, you along the way the way I see it is like you're creating an avatar of yourself And the only competition you are, you should engage in is making a better avatar of yourself than you had yesterday. And that's it. Any adventures in the horizon? Like, any, what's the future like for Dr. Um, Raleigh? And this is like my final question, I Um,
1: I just can't wait for COVID to be all done. And, you know, I just want to travel the world more. Um. I've always thought I would learn a new language, but uh, I think my ears are deaf. <laughs> but I, don't, I, I don't believe that, though. but if you say so, I never believe that. When
0: people tell me I don't learn languages, you just haven't found the language that, you know,
1: to listen that, to that, that I fell in love with. Maybe, yeah. maybe. We'll see. So for me, it's just being out there, just exploring more. I'm now more into... um I mean, I've always been like an exercise um, junkie and all those kind of things. But now, I'm now more into running. I want to start... Short. I want to be like a triathlete. Um not mean rolling a bicycling? Yes, yeah, not for competition purposes, just for That's my me. own recreational purposes. So, I started running... I'm now going to start riding. I ride indoor spin bikes. Spin Now I want to start doing more of outdoor running. And well, I want to now improve my swimming. And basically, that's it. I just really love nature and just being out there and just exploring new things. So, oh, yes. nice, Nice. Okay. Thank you.
0: Hopefully, next time we're having you show, I would like to hear about long-distance rides, how that has been like. I know you're still currently navigating that, so we'll give it time to sip a little bit like a... Mm-hmm. Kind of like a hot cup, so we can get more just out of it well those are all my questions thank you so much I've you know even though I know that I haven't seen you in a long while and my, my memories of you at once from you and then maybe a little bit of you and then, you know, from our Facebook messages. I feel like I got to know you more, especially, you know, what's important to you, your values, your, your, your love for just improving yourself. So thank you for sharing all of that. And I do wish you the very best in your journey. And I know we're going to talk again, bring um, you back on the podcast. And so thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me. I had a good, um, how many minutes of the last couple of last <laughs> minutes? kind yeah. of go back very fast and i am actually enjoyed myself well done and continue doing yeah. what you're doing just you know bringing people together to you know kind of connect and explore each other on different levels so well done bravos
0: yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well guys, well you've heard it all from Dr. Iwari. If you love this content, don't forget to subscribe, share the episode, um, email if you want to or sign to that DM and ask questions. And catch you guys on another episode of the Monsieur podcast. I remain your host, Mustable. Alright, I will let you know.